Welcome to the Specify Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Tats Nakagawa of Castagra Products. Each week, I talk to leaders and experts about how to overcome adversity, grow massive organizations, and how to create meaningful change in the building materials and construction industry. Today's guest is Carrie Waters, Sales Director at Castagra Products, Inc. So, Carrie, thank you, thank you for uh, coming on the show. Thank you for having me. This is a privilege to have your time today. Yeah, I'm excited because I know your story because, uh, you know, you help us out a lot, but um, not everyone does. So I know when you first uh, graduated, you came up with interior design degree. Was that always the plan? I did. Well, originally I was a um, business major and then I ended up uh, getting into um, my economics coursework that I had to take. I was at Florida State. I'll never forget statistics uh, threw me off and ended up with a C. And so I I just uh, jumped ship at that point and went into interior design. What about statistics that you didn't like? Uh I just could never understand it as far as all the comparisons and the charts. And it was just it's funny because that's I'm and, and I love numbers now. But back then, I just was not into it. I really wanted to be more on the art side. And and so that was of interest to me. So what were your early opportunities in the interior design side? Well, when I graduated Florida State, I went up to Boston, where my sister was living at the time. She was a BU major, Boston University. And then I ended up getting my first job. And, and, and you've spoken to one of uh, my coworkers there before. We worked on um, really amazing projects. So very high profile in the Boston area. And I was the junior and I got really quickly promoted and, and put on as a project designer, which is really unheard of at 20, what, 23 years old. So it was very exciting. Um, and uh, being a decision maker on some some things. Uh, that were above my above what was above my pay grade at the time, <laughs> but it was a really good experience to have. Yeah, how did you adapt? Just kind of being thrown into that situation. Just I guess trying things and not being afraid to make a decision and 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 just going for it. Um, I had you know encouragement from the architects and would you know we get into it they give me a hard time I give them a hard time because it was always the joke of they the interior the architects would always take the budget first in the construction and then they leave what was left over left over to the designer so <laughs> you had to make do with whatever their leftovers were so make they, it look uh, and, pretty uh, right make yes it and make it pretty on on no money <laughs> now well, how do you get the sales bug because you, you make that shift right Absolutely. I grew up, uh, my dad was a salesperson, so I grew up watching him and he had had his own business. Uh, so on that uh, entrepreneur side. So I remember going to a trade show with him thinking, wow, this is really exciting. Um, this is a fun experience. And he was doing a presentation and uh, watched him. I sat in on one of the break rooms and watched him do the presentation. I thought, this is what I, this is, this is fun. This is what I want to do. And on the interior design side, I would see my sales reps come in and they would leave. Meanwhile, I was stuck there till nine, 10 o'clock at night uh, working on projects for the same pay. And so <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, they can come in for two hours and make the same I make all, all day. Um, but you don't realize what they're doing back in their home offices and all the uh, road time they have either. You don't see that when you're on that side. But um, so it was a, a, in that exposure, um, I worked for um, Ethan Allen. So it was kind of my crossover time where I got to work on um, some really amazing projects in the Georgia. I was living in Georgia at the time and some really amazing homes and um, was designing all of their furniture and putting in everything. And it was a learning curve. And I, I love the sales because then I would get commission on it. So I once I started to get that commission check, I never looked back. Yeah. And, you know, just so growing up watching your dad right, doing sales and growing his uh, business, 
Like what sort of looking back lessons did you kind of take in? Like what were some of the, the key lessons? I think for him seeing how he would come in, he would be on the road for the week and he'd be going to all these, you know, very exciting places. Uh, so being able to travel and, uh, and see things uh, during your day was, was always, uh, you know, interesting to me. Um, it was a way to not just be stuck in a home, you know, being stuck in an office at corporate America, nine to five. So, but you also are working nights and weekends. I would definitely see him working evenings. And I remember helping him out with his expense report and uh, on the weekends and putting out all the receipts and file folders <laughs> laying those out on, on, the, on the floor. And uh, so I, you know, definitely saw firsthand what, you know, what goes into on the backside of what sales reps go through. <laughs> so yeah. not all glamour. <laughs> so stylistically, how, how would you describe your sales style or your philosophy? My sales style, I, I really just uh, I guess I, I work backwards. I see what the goal is. I make the goal for myself. I'm not afraid to uh, go for something that people are going to say, oh, that's unachievable. Um, there's no way you can do that. So I, I really want to double down and, and, and prove them wrong. So I, I will go for something that's a little, you know, the brass ring that's a little too high. And then I work my way backwards. How am I going to get there? Who do I need to talk to? What are the steps to get into that person, get past the gatekeeper, get my presentation in front of them, get my idea in front of them. And then, of course, have follow up. I think um, one of the mistakes that a lot of sales reps make is they get in, they move on to the next thing and they don't do the necessary follow up and keep the promises to the customer. So you really if you can do that, I mean, you're you're you know just that much further ahead of the other sales reps out there. My experience with you is you're very sort of steps oriented. Mm -hmm. um, have you always been that way? It is. I work backwards. I just, I think concrete sequentially and I, I work my way backwards as to here's where I need to get. How do I, how am I going to get there? Yes. I've always just been that way. I've been a planner and think through and it's, uh, you know, and, and break down the steps and written. I think written steps are, are necessary to not just have it in your head, but to write everything down and have a visual of how are you going to get there? Yeah, for sure. Going a step further and just looking at, you know, you've, you've done the sales side and you've sort of built up a lot of experience on the sales operation side. How is that different? I think when you're with the customer, listening to them and seeing what their need is, I think that's also another mistake that sales reps make. They don't pay attention to what their customer is asking of them. They're so busy on getting their messaging across and their technical information that has been pumped into them from, from the learning training uh, experience at their company. And they just they become technological tornadoes when they come in to talk to a, a, a potential and, and then they don't. Take, take the time to take notes, to listen, to be an active listener, and to also to repeat back to the customer, to the client, this is something, this is what you told me and, and how we can fulfill it. And then that's part of the closing is you can just repeat back what they just said to you. It's really easy on that sense. Where on the operational side, I think you have to look at what are the logistics? Question that came up just this week is how are we going to get that landed? Are we going to need to have that put on the roof? And how are we getting that from point A to point B? And is that going to go to our distributor's yard? Are we going to deliver that and have that go through the distributor, but we're going to have that landed LTL carrier, you know? So I think, you know, think Thinking of those things ahead of time, my experience with probably coming from the interior design side, we had to think through how are you, you can get this beautiful custom design casework done, but how's it going to get through the front door? I mean, how big is your door? <laughs> can it get through? So, you, you know, what, where do we need to have the seam lines and, and, and get things, you know, have it broken down and so it can, it can actually get up there. We can't remove, you know, like a grand piano on the second floor. You can't remove the glass and, and, uh, and have a crane and get it in. So you have to think through some of the process on, um, on logistics. Essentially, you're kind of 
taking a seat on the customer's side of the table and saying, what are the issues that they need to work through and the information they need? Absolutely. And and we're it's service. You know, sales, um, I think it's a bad rap because we're really, really just here to, to service, to be of assistance to somebody, not and to get what their goal is. Um, so and in a way, we're we're we're, serv- we're just public servants. So yeah, for sure. Now you have a very friendly approach. And I know, you know, there, there's those sayings that, you know, n- nice people don't finish first, but I don't think that's the case. Ha- have you been told that, you know, you're, you know, as a strength or a weakness or whatnot, like how does that play in with all your experiences? Oh, don't let my kindness fool you. <laughs> Perfect. Tell me more. Uh, there's definitely, um, when when it's the sales goal and I'm going to be achieving that, there's the certain friendliness, but then there's also that you need to give them a little bit more a, uh, of a directive too, that you can direct their, their their actions in a way. Maybe it's something like they need some help on a, a discount of some sort or a delivery date needs to be changed because they're not going to be ready for that until such and such. But we need to get the order through. Um, there's ways to, to work around as far as helping them, but helping yourself because you need to get that sale in for that month. I, I think there's you know there's some of that and I've been on that sales side. So, you know, that's part of it is, is the negotiation process, whether it's a bidding situation for a contractor, they're, you know, they're looking all about numbers and, and, um, and making sure that you are a value to them. So. Yeah. It sounds like you've, you've done some learning there. I have. I definitely have. I've lost a few because I didn't say the right thing. So when I would come out of a sales meeting, I would always get into my car and think about what did I do right? I call it the good, the bad, and the ugly. So what's it, what was good that I did? Um, and what was what was bad that I did? And what was just plain ugly? What was something I am never going to do again? So I, I would definitely kind of have that uh, playback in my mind of, of the good, the bad, and the ugly. And when I was training sales reps in my last position um, and we would co-travel together, I would sit in the car and ask them the same. We'd get back from a presentation and say, um, what was you know what was good, bad, and ugly? And, and if you can answer those three questions and, and learn from each sales presentation, it, it's going to set you up for the next one better. I mean, there's a lot of self-awareness around there. How do you, how do you kind of accurately identify what the ugly and the bad is? What worked and what didn't? What, what did you see their eyes light up? Where were they? Where was the audience when you were presenting that? Were they off, you know, eating their sandwich at the lunch and learn presentation and they could care less that you were even in the room? Or were they engaged? Were they asking uh, questions and, and, and leaning into the table and wanting to know more, touching, you know, if it's a product and actually physically touching the product sample that's on the table. So you're really kind of gauging some of those things as you're you're doing your presentation. I was at a, a one of our uh, uh, distribution locations and I was uh, showing a sample and everybody wanted to touch it. It was <laughs> so, and that was fun. Everybody was really engaged and interested. And if they're not, you need, you need to just kind of recalibrate where you are and what you're, um, what you're talking about and, and get their attention again. And maybe you ask a, a leading question like a, a who, what, why kind of a question that gets them thinking and has them has has some interaction from them. I think sometimes we, we spend too much time talking, which is what I'm doing right now, but too much time talking and not not getting that feedback. So yeah, well, this is different. This is <laughs> when I'm listening to you talk, the word that I think about is empathy. Is it would that be accurate? Absolutely. Absolutely. Think, put yourself in somebody else's shoes and think about what, what they're, what they're experiencing. And if they've, if, if you are 
maybe not, you know, coming across uh, with the accurate information that they need, you're missing the mark. So dial it back to what, what is their need and what are they expressing to you? Maybe they need to know more about the technical. Maybe they need to know a little bit more about the warranty program or, you know, how, how we did this in another project. Maybe, uh, you know, having some of those different conversations, not just, it's not about what you feel like you need to get across. It's what they need to get. So. Yeah. And, how, you know, I'm sure you've run across uh, people that you were managing that had some challenges with empathy. How do you sort of try to bridge that? I'm sure it's not a, you know, everyone is successful in sort of coming over to that side, but how do you try to approach that? How do you teach empathy? No. Um, just the conversation of, 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 you know, having them be, I guess, gain that awareness. Like, where did you see that they were wandering, um, you know, where they were looking off and weren't paying attention to you? Where do you feel like you lost or missed the mark? So I think part of that, when you're good, the bad, and the ugly, you're looking at those things and, and you're gauging um, how you did, um, which makes you be more a little introspective. Um, uh, so I think, you know, Share, I guess teaching your salespeople that and, and being a, a role model in that sense is maybe sharing a story where you screwed up. You know, I've had plenty. <laughs> and you come out and you, you're, you, you, make it, you make it a laughable moment um, as opposed to, you know, that I'm so perfect and, and you, you haven't done this correctly. I think when you say, I, I screwed this one up, let me, let me tell you about this one time when I did a presentation. And then you're all laughing about it and, and, and you're a person to them at that point. You, you, because you, you're, you're evoking a, a empathy because they actually feel for you because they were, they're going through that moment with you when you're sharing that story. Yeah, so. for sure. That, that makes a lot of sense. Like you said, everyone makes mistakes. So just mm-hmm. being able to sort of uh, share that openly is an important process. Now you, you set this up perfectly, you know, <laughs> give me an example of a great sales moment. Oh, great sales moment. I don't know if I can mention the name of the the hotel chain, but I know that we've spoken about uh, generalities hotels. is fine. Generalities is fine. Okay, we've spoken about hotels uh, before being on the supply side, and I was in uh, their facility, uh, their their headquarters, and I was um, in a major city, <laughs> and and walked out, and I know that I had nailed that whole presentation. It was fabulous. It was they were it, from start to finish, and we were going to do an entire rollout plan of all of a certain. Um, Hotels have different certain brands, and we were coming out with the brand national brand standard program. And I was rolling out, I was helping them roll out that plan with the interior design team there. And it was it was a thing of beauty. I mean, it was it was everything that uh, it, it was splendid. And and we I talked, you know, we had to talk about numbers. We had to get down into the, you know, the pennies because and how we were going to roll things out and what was going to be phased in and how many were going to be purchased every every quarter, and 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 definitely um, doing that. So on the national um, uh, uh, specification and brand standard side, that's really exciting as those larger picture uh, projects to me. So for sure. So to follow that up, can you mention? You don't have to name specific names or anything, but mention one bad. One bad. Oh, oh, I've had, I've had so many. <laughs> I think probably my, my funniest, my funniest bad was I was, uh, we were cold calling. I was training a sales rep in Atlanta from, from a, a company and she came over and, and uh, she was riding with me and I was, you know, taking her in to see some customers and see, you know, this is how we do it. And I was showing her, uh, she was terrified of cold calling. And I said, so I, I can walk in anywhere. I can talk to anybody. Cold calling does not scare me. Um, I, anybody has a, you know, you can find any reason to talk to somebody, you know, at their desk, they have a picture of a, you know, a dog. Then you say, well, I have a dog. And, you know, how old is your dog? You can always strike up conversations. It's so easy. 
Um, but she was terrified of it. So I was, I said, okay, we're going to pick, pick, you know, go on your phone, find an interior design firm nearby. We're going to just drive up and we're just going to walk in and see these people. So, so I did. And, um, and I, my phone, I don't know what setting I had on my phone, but some button got hit and it was the most egregious rap song coming out of my phone that I have ever, I mean, I, I was embarrassed. I gave her my phone. I'm like mid speech with this uh, receptionist trying to get in, trying to, you know, be, you know, impress her. And, and, uh, and I have this horrible like song coming out. I mean, profanity left and right. I threw my phone at, at, uh, at Rachel that was traveling with me. And I mean, <laughs> it was terrible. We were all laughing. She went outside, took, you know, took care of it, hit the pause button, came back in. I continued without laughing in front of uh, the present, you know, doing the presentation um, with this client. And, and um, we got out, I couldn't stop laughing when we got to the car. It was the funniest thing. We talked about it years later. I mean, it was, it, it was just the worst. So I, I, <laughs> Definitely a non-forgettable uh, cold call moment. Wonderful. And then you talk about the dreaded ugly. What, what's what's an ugly? Oh, the ugly. I think probably to me was when you are in a group. Now, this is, hasn't happened with, with, with my experience so far here, uh, but I've, I, other places that is boring, like you're presenting like a, like a moisture and uh, presentation or something. It's so boring and dry and construction and, and, and all the things that can go wrong. And um, you have architects that are falling asleep or, or contractors that are just fading out. I mean, it's, those are, I think that's the ugly and you can't get it back. Like you're trying and you try to, you know, ask a question and you cannot get them to even engage. They're, they're just not going to be responsive. Um, and you just have to get through it. And you're just like, I just want to hurry and get out of this meeting. Uh, I think that's probably the ugliest was, you know. Yeah. As you were explaining that, it, I just pictured time standing still. Yeah. Yes. That's what it feels like. And you're just, you know, you're choking up there and you're trying to get through the presentation and it's, it's so miserable. Yeah. So, uh, so, so enough of that. <laughs> what about, um, you talked about a dog and did you have any uh, hobbies as well? I do. I have the, the cutest um, Bichon uh, Shih Tzu, uh, Shishan, and he's 11. He's a senior. He's been with me since he was eight weeks old. And he is just the cutest. Uh, he's <laughs> he's uh, off spending the day with the grandparents today. He goes over there sometimes when I'm working. So um, he definitely teaches me to enjoy the small moments in life and to uh, sit down and play with him. Um, at the end of the day, you know, he's been, he's a good boy. He, he'll, he'll nap through my, my Zoom meetings. He'll nap through my phone conversations and uh, and, and, and relax. Um, sometimes he is, you see, like sometimes he likes to jump on my lap when we're in a meeting. And he's a lap, definitely a lap dog. But I think when we go out for our evening walks and we play and throw the ball around a little bit it's I have to take that break from where my head has been um on work and then we I have to be with him because he's been kind of waiting on me all day and that's our time together yeah so you know uh, definitely I, I know one of the things that, that I I noticed that you know you're good at building relationships and the one thing that was really evident to me was that you've kept in touch with a lot of people <laughs> in a lot of the roles that you've done in the past um, not everyone does that you know, naturally or well, what are the keys there? Like how, how have you been able to do that? Just ongoing. We, we went through some, some bad times, some good times together. Um, you know, a fortune fire, so to speak, uh, some of those relationships. And I, I think that, you know, uh, being able to, um, even when you've had a manager who maybe, 
you didn't get along with while you were there. Um, they had their reasons. They and and to kind of look going back to the empathy actually is everybody has a reason um, and 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 why they do things. Um, and then you know maybe they were under pressure for other reasons. But we're we're friends now because we're not in that in those roles anymore. Or I had someone who was a who wasn't a, a, a good sales rep that was, you know, not up to keeping up with the performance standards that we had, the expectation that I had set, um, but made it to a different role somewhere and is doing quite well because uh, it just wasn't the right fit. But we still, it doesn't mean that we're bad people. It doesn't mean that we can't be friends later. So I think, you know, maintaining those good relationships and, and friendships um, uh, is really because of uh, respect and honesty and, and, um, and, and being able to look at, you know, those reasons why they, why we were in those put, put together in those roles. It, it sounds like you're, you'd be able to sort of separate out, you know, different areas of people's life and their strengths and understand that just because someone is not strong in all areas that, you know, they don't immediately become a bad person and that you can focus on the good qualities of individuals. Everybody has good. Everybody, everybody has good. And, and, you know, there's reasons why maybe someone wasn't doing well. Maybe they were going through a divorce at the time and, and they were just trying to cope and get through the day. And it was so hard on them. Um, and then maybe that's why they were mean. Like, everybody has, you know, uh, or, or maybe things were really great for them and they were happy in their lives and satisfied and, and they were awesome to you. Hopefully, you know, it's, it's a good experience, but not all the time, not always that people are. So, yeah. If, if you could go back to, to any time in your career or life and give yourself advice, um, what would that be? Uh, stay out of debt. <laughs> um, I, well, that would be number one for just general and pur- general purposes in my life. I paid off my student loans. Um, so <laughs> that was my, probably my, one of my biggest achievements. I would say uh, career-wise, uh, looking back, if I could tell myself, you know, it, when I was 27, keep going. Yeah. Now keep going means what to you? I had people that told me, you know, you're not going to do this. You're not going to make it. You can't be in construction. Um, you know, you can't, uh, there's certain limitations that you have and you don't, you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted to share? Can't think of anything right now. Let me, let me see. Um, I don't, maybe talk about why, why we're special at, at, uh, at the company. I don't know if we can talk about company things. I don't know. It's up to you. I mean, what okay. what, what gets you excited about what you're doing now? I, our growth. I think what, what excites me is uh, what gets me um, going is, is definitely looking at, you know, how we are, where, where, where we're going, what our trajectory is and, and building the team and putting things in place and growing. Um, I think that's that's really exciting to me, and, and being able to see where we where we are six where we were six months ago, where we are now, where we're going to be six months from now. Yeah, perfect. Well, Carrie, thank you so much. Uh, I've heard others say, it, but I, I agree. Is you know you're sort of very positive and you know forward thinking, and I I think you know your upward potential is huge. So thank you. you no, know, thank you for what you do. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Specify Growth Podcast today. Make sure you check out youtube.com forward slash Tats Talks for video of today's podcast. Hit the subscribe button for upcoming episodes. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.